I'm Ashley. And I'm Alicia. And we are Murd Nerds. Murd Nerds, we missed you. This is your first time joining us. We are a weekly podcast uh, where my co-host Alicia. That's me. And I alternate covering unsolved, missing, uh, person cases, odd stuff, kind of just whatever we feel like talking about now, which is really nice. I kind of went off the rails this week. You'll see. Oh, boy. Um, so and we're also joined, as always, uh, by our producer, editor, and friend, Jeremy. That's me. You guys are going to have to bear with me today. I'm not on top of my game. We celebrated our friends uh, Cameron and Kalisa's birthday yesterday, and I'm really hungover, which you'll hear about again <laughs> next week because, as you know, we record multiple episodes um, in a session, so sorry about that. Um, Hold on. Yeah, what's, what's up? I just want to say happy birthday, Cameron and Kalisa. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, today is Kalisa's birthday. Yeah, today's Kalisa's. Yesterday was Cameron's. Mm-hmm. Love them, brother and sister. We We've love known them you forever. Guys. So happy birthday, guys! We love you. They're not twins. They're not. They just happen to have their birthdays like back to back, one how day far, apart. How far apart are they, year wise? A year. Right on. It was so funny. We were talking. I was talking to Angie. We were like kind of talking about the party, and. She asked Kalisa what day her birthday was, and so she like she knew the date, but yeah. she's like, "What day does it does it fall on?" And Kalisa's like, "Oh, it's on Sunday." And she goes, "Well, then what day is Cameron's?" <laughs> I was like, "What?" Angie's their mom, by the way. We love you, Angie. We love Angie. Yes, she's like our second mom. So, so yeah, that's what's what's the haps right now. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Anything Jeremy, else? what's happening in with you? I'm still broken. I'm broken. <laughs> I, was gonna, I know it's confusing, right? <laughs> He's broken. I'm broken. He pulled his back. So. I did. So. He pulled his back fighting a mountain lion when they, him and Bobby were uh, in the mountains. In the mountains mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure it was a mountain Peru. lion. I'm pretty sure it was a chupacabra. <gasps> or was it a... Trash Leisha Cryptman. <laughs> trash Leisha Cryptman. If you want to know what a Trash Leisha Cryptman is, go on the Tucson page. The United States of Paranormal. You can see what this new Indiana cryptid is in Jeremy's yard. We videotaped it. It's, it's crazy. been spotted. <laughs> I'm totally putting that I Will Remember You song in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be perfect. Oh, Okay, so this week I'm talking about something a little bit different. Um, you kind of did one similar. You did like that train wreck, you remember? Yeah. Aww. So I'm going to be talking about the Altamont Speedway Free Festival. So this is something that um, like the Rolling Stones and I think the Grateful Dead kind of were like the two main cons- conspirators in it. And they just basically wanted to like mimic Woodstock and have like a nice fun like music festival. Oh, okay. But it I've ended never heard up of this. you haven't. Mm-mm. It ended up getting um like kind of out of hand, like poor planning, last minute venue changes and stuff. So so yeah, we're just going to talk about that there and um the jeez. Okay. 
I did a I did a documentary on festivals one time, and you, you say something about poor planning. That was uh, one of the things about some of the newer festivals they really talked about was poor planning, money grab. Is right, they, right. You yeah. know, all they were interested in was selling tickets and making a, a butt ton of money, and they mm-hmm. didn't look at the facilities and the amount of water that they've mm-hmm. been, you know, need. What was right. that? What was that? The fire, the fire festival, Fest, yeah. dude. Those documentaries, I watched every single one because there's multiples on different platforms. Oh, really? Yeah, I knew the one. I, I think knew Hulu. Hulu did one, yeah. and maybe Netflix. I can't remember. I'm not sure. I yeah, know there's that at was least the, two. One of the most interesting ones is they didn't have any water. They were supposed to have like this gourmet meals and it was just like Yeah, it was like and... tens of thousands of dollars and there's literally like FEMA tents. And, yeah. Right. Like just mattresses outside or it's super weird. Um, but the you mentioned like a quick cash grab. The weird thing is, is that this concert was free. Right on. Oh, right, so right. so they it, it really they had the, their heart was in the right place. Right. I just think that they, I don't know. They, they couldn't, just handle, they couldn't yeah. handle the amount of people that actually showed up. And yep. especially if you throw a free one, uh, you know, that's that's even more insane because you don't have an idea how many people are going to be right. trying to get in right. that have actually paid. But, yep. um, yeah, that, that whole festival, I, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was really, really good because they covered them from when Jefferson Airplane used to do it in I Town Square. At a, on a too. flatbed, yeah, all the way up to they went through Woodstock '99 and and even farther than that. But it was a great one. I wish I could remember the name of it. Sorry, I get a little off tangent, but no, I love fine. those festival documentaries. They're so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, me too. Um, there is a documentary I didn't get to watch it. It's called "Gimme Shelter." And it's about the Rolling Stones, and I think they they touch on it quite a bit. This festival. Um, <clears throat> okay, so. Um, this, it's called the Altamont, that's such a weird word, Altamont, it's like too many syllables in a word, uh, Altamont Speedway Free Festival. So it was a rock concert, um, it was held on December 6th, 1969, so it's called the Altamont Speedway Free Festival because it was held at the Altamont Speedway outside of Livermore, California. Do you want to take a wild guess at how many people attended, ended up attending? Go ahead. No, because I have a question. So go. You go ahead. I was going to say um, one hundred and seventy-five thousand. Did they have to have tickets, or was it like they're putting on a concert? Anybody can come if they want to. Mm, I can't answer that. Oh. I'm going to say how much did you say? One hundred and seventy-five. I'm going to say. I'm going to say three hundred and twenty-two thousand people. Are we playing um, uh, Wheel of Fortune rules where you can't go over? Yes. Then Jeremy wins. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, 300,000 people. (laughs) Yeah, you were really close. That's why I asked. Um, So you knew I was a winner. (laughs) (laughs) A wiener. He's a wiener. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Woodstock was held just four months before that in New York. And so they were kind of going for like a Woodstock for the West, you know, trying to make that kind of, like those vibes, basically. Was the Stones not invited to Woodstock? The, I can't remember. I, I don't know my I don't know my Woodstock lineup. I know that Hendrix was there, and that was one of the big ones. But I can't I, remember. Sorry, I, I do them. know quite a few of the bands. I'm 
I mean, come on. They had, yeah. They I, would had think, to have gone. I would think they'd be invited. Or they maybe went. they were already like on tour, so they couldn't attend that. Be. And that's why maybe they wanted to do, do this, this as well. Um, so the event is remembered for like the violence. Um, there was three accidental deaths. Um, there was two people were hit and run uh, by a car. Or, uh, wait, that's a weird way to say that. Um, two people were hit by cars. Cars didn't stop. No matter anything you just said, went to Australia to shoot a movie that no one even remembers now. Oh, that sucks. You shouldn't say that. Be like, we oh. looked it up. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we did. Alicia looked it up. So um, the Stones were not at Woodstock. Um, there was a movie being shot in Australia that Mick Jagger was in, and so he went to that instead of going to Woodstock. So thank you, Alicia. You're welcome. You have the privacy screen, so when you set your phone on, I thought you were just setting it down. It looked black. <laughs> so I was like, why is she being weird about this? <laughs> Look at my phone. Yeah, no shit. Um, one person drowned as well, um, in addition to the two people hit by a car. Somebody drowned. They were um, on LSD, and then I think they probably fell into an irrigation canal, and they drowned. So <clears throat> there was... One murder, which is what we are going to talk about a little bit, um, it's the murder of Meredith Hunter. So we will talk. He was stabbed. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the story. Um, a bunch of cars were stolen. There was tons of property damage, trash everywhere. Like no one, no one thinks about this. Anybody that attended, they don't look back and think about like the actual festival. I said festival with a B. <laughs> they don't. Keep it in. They don't look back and think about like, oh my gosh, remember when the Stones performed? That was so great. They look back and they think about just the disarray of the whole the whole situation. Um, so the pe- some of the people that performed: uh, Santana, Jefferson Airplane, uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers, Cros- <laughs> Crosby, Stills and Nash, and Young. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, The Rolling Stones, obviously. Um, The Grateful Dead were scheduled to perform, but they stopped. Or they... Sorry. Easy on my new chair, girl. (laughs) They decided not to play because of all of the, you know, shit going on. It kind of, it like went downhill over the night, like over the time that it was happening. So they were like, we're going to back out of this. Um, so let's see. They said that's the way things went at Altamont so badly that the Grateful Dead, the prime organizers and movers of the festival didn't even play. So that was, uh, from a Rolling Stones magazine article. Um, filmmakers Albert and David Mazeless? Shot footage of the event and incorporated it into the documentary I mentioned earlier, um, Gimme Shelter. It came out in 1970. So, here we go. During the Rolling Stones 1969 U.S. tour... they were kind of feeling like their fans were feeling like ticket prices were just out of control, which we all feel that they are. Like, I am taking, but slash took, because this will release after the concert. My mom to see Def Leppard. And I tell you what... 
The there I saw tickets on there for sixty five hundred dollars. Holy fucking shit! Yeah, it's Why? outrageous. So, um, <clears throat> they decide the Rolling Stones decided to their last tour or their last concert for the tour do the free concert in San Francisco. So it was originally scheduled to be held at. Uh, San Jose University's uh, practice field. So there had already been um, a three-day festival there with like a bunch of bands and it held or 80,000 people attended that festival so they knew it could hold a lot of people. Um, Dirt Cheap Productions was actually supposed to secure the property um, for the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead to play that free concert. So yeah, they were the two that mainly planned it. And you're going to trust a group called Dirt Cheap Productions? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't even think about that. It's so weird when you like talk about it with other people and they point stuff out like that. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. So the since that excuse me, other concert had just been held, uh, the university was like, you know, we just did that. We don't want to take on another concert. So they basically were like, you can't have it here. So they were looking at Golden State Park. Um, there was already a football game. Hold on. She always does the same thing. Well, when she I get mad, up. it's my temper tantrum. I'm <laughs> having hot flashes, too. I'm really fucking hot. Okay. Basically, they tried a bunch of places. Everyone was like, no. So they changed it to the Sears Point Raceway near Sonoma. So they ended up, like, fighting with them. They wanted a bunch of money up front and, like, filming rights and all that stuff. So they moved it yet again. I'm telling you, they went through one, two, three, four, five, six, like, seven different venues um, so ultimately they ended up at the Altamont Raceway east of Livermore. It was chosen, uh, because the owner suggested, or uh, <laughs> there goes the neck thing. Sorry. Okay. We need a super cut of her every time she does the neck thing. <laughs> okay. Um, it was chosen at the suggestion of its then owner, Dick Carter. So it was to take place. What is his name? <laughs> See, I do. It's just like the the boning thing from the John Price episode. Dick Carter. <laughs> what a great name! Oh, Colton, here we go again, buddy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't think this is going to work. You're Dick Carter. <laughs> Paging Dick Carter. Okay. I'm going to need your Dick Carter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that I'm more? done being 13. I'll say, do you have any more? <laughs> nope. I... Get him out. That's it. What? My <laughs> Dick Carter? <laughs> You want me to get my dick harder out? I'm so hot. On his mail, it says Harder Carter Dick. <laughs> I wonder if people think he's like, uh, like placing a fake pizza order when he <laughs> ordered pizza. Like, what's the name, Dick Carter? <laughs> yeah. Listen, your pizza will not be ready. Okay. Are we good? I'm good. Okay. 
So they they ended up settling on this location. So, like I said, the concert was to happen on December 6th. This location was locked in and changed on December 4th. Oh, my God. Yes. So that was, you know, their first kind of bad decision. Like, maybe they should have pushed it back or something because there just wasn't enough time. You guys always talk about red flags and be looking out for red flags and relationships or different things. You would think that... If you got all this venue problems, that that would just be a red flag, and you should just yeah, pause. just take some time, yeah. and don't you know, rush it. Think about yeah, for sure. So, um, in making preparations, uh, Grateful Dead. Oh, uh, by the way, this is a Wikipedia special. I didn't cite my sources. My source was <laughs> Wikipedia. Wikipedia. And hold on, I got another one. Wikipedia, and I also watched um, a YouTube documentary by the channel called VHS Hunt. Hmm. Yeah, that's a weird place to put my VHS. Um, my uh, sources, but here we go. Um, so yeah, in making pre- pre- uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we we're on a time crunch. What's a little Keontae? That was you pronounced that right. Good job. <laughs> That's all a movie I know. Oh, <laughs> well, it's Keontae, but God whatever. Damn it. Okay, in making preparations, Rock uh, Rock Scully name he is the grateful dead or was the grateful dead's manager at that time and the concert organizer michael lang they got in a helicopter and they flew over the site before you know they like locked it in or whatever um so which he had done lang actually did that with the woodstock festival as well so it was kind of like because they switched woodstock at the last second too oh really yeah. You didn't know that? I did not. Yeah, they did. I, I can't remember why. I can't remember why. I watched a bunch of documentaries on it. I don't know if it was because too many people, they needed a bigger venue. I can't really remember. But yeah, they did. So mm-hmm. according to Spencer Dryden, um, he's in Jefferson Airplane. The idea for, quote, a kind of Woodstock West began when bandmate uh, Jorma discussed when he and his bandmate Jorma discussed the staging of a free concert with the Grateful Dead and the Rolling Stones in Golden Gate Park. Referring to the Stones, he said, next to the Beatles, they were the biggest name in rock and roll in the world, and they wanted them to experience what we experienced in San Francisco since they missed it for Mm -hmm. that movie. Um, The hasty move resulted in tons of logistical problems, uh, lack of facilities such as toilets and medical tents. Mm -hmm. Um, The move also created a problem for the stage design. So instead of being like up high, you know, on top of like a a rise, um, it was like at the bottom of a slope, basically. Yeah. Oh, sketchy, right? The Rolling Stones uh, stage manager on the 1969 tour, Chip Monk. Mm-hmm. Chip mm-hmm. Monk. No. <laughs> Dude, this is... I'm going to start reading these out loud <laughs> Is this real? Is someone trolling me on Wikipedia right now? Chip Monk. 
This is not happening. Will you Google something? Google the Rolling Stones stage manager for 1969, for their tour in 1969. I swear to God. Rolling Stones. Okay, here you go real quick. So, um... Uh, precisely a month before the festival began, this is more talking about Woodstock, mm-hmm. the town officially rescinded the permit for the Woodstock Festival on the grounds that the portable restrooms were not meeting the Waykill City Code. Oh, wow. Okay. I so knew, it was. I knew that I had an idea that there was something, I mean, it was something to do with the, you know, the amount of people like that facilities. they were anticipating and, you know, a lot of the stuff that they had. See, and that's that's a red flag there, too, which, I mean, I know that we talk we glorify Woodstock but it was kind of a shit show oh it was and it was dangerous show. there was a lot of deaths there I think mm-hmm. like seven maybe more I'm not sure so yeah I mean if that's the reason that place canceled that's like just get up to code you yep. know yep but they've just moved it in a mad dash is yep. it real <clears throat> what's I'll 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 to what Altamont yeah, why are you googling that? You couldn't. It's not you couldn't come Google. in that. Oh, Altamont Speedway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cannot believe. How do I not see these things? Because when I'm like reading, I just read the first. <laughs> it's legit, right? The Rolling Stones stage manager on the 1969 tour, Chip. Monk. It's M-O-N-C-K. <laughs> That's what, yeah, I just skip over last names when I'm like, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. It was That's the 60s. Funny. Everybody had some weird ass names back then. That's funny. I'm going to Google him and see if that was. If he looks like a chipmunk? Nope. Edward Herbert Birdsford or Chip Monk. Is Birdsford. Dude. Beresford. Excuse oh, me. Beresford. The universe is sending us some <laughs> signs. Um, he is an American Tony Award nominated lighting designer. So that's just like probably like a cool stage name type thing. Most famously serving as the master of ceremonies at the 1969 Woodstock Festival. So, yeah, he wow. was born Edward Herbert Beresford Monk. What would Chip be short for? His Maybe- nickname was Chipmunk. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's because his last name was Monk. Maybe they just kind of... Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Oh, my God. Okay, from now on, I'm going to read all of the names out loud before (laughs) I come in here so I can be ready for you guys. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Chipmunk... (laughs) He uh, explained that the stage was one meter high. One meter high. That's it. So that's like what, like three feet, if that is that even three feet? I know yards. Don't look at me. I don't know what a meter. Is. I don't know how <clears throat> tall a meter is. I also don't know how long a meter. is. And he's like forty is. inches. Um, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Jeremy's forty inches is a meter. I think so. I could be wrong. I I couldn't. I don't know. But I'm gonna start. One meter it. equals one point nine four yards, which is. A little over three feet. So, yeah, 40. Because three feet is 36 inches. I'm going to start telling everybody I got a meter. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) My God, Ashley. Dick Harder has a meter. (laughs) 39.3701 inches. Very good. Very good. Somebody (laughs) pay attention in math class. 
<laughs> Mr. Hudson, Mr. Rody would be really proud. <laughs> and Mrs. Colors. Right, Mr. Rody would be proud. Shout out. Okay, so he said, okay, so the stage was one meter high and it was on the top of a hill. So the audience, so all, sorry, this is a quote. You know, I fucking hate quotes. The stage was one meter high and it was at the top of a hill. So all the audience pressure was back upon them. Um, Because of the short. At the bottom of a hill, wasn't it? Did you say it was at the bottom of the hill? I thought you said it was on the top. Top of a hill? At the beginning, I thought she said it was at the bottom of a hill. It would make more sense to put it at the bottom of the hill than it would be at the top. Yeah, but see, it sounds more dangerous at the the bottom. All the pressure from the audience would be... Yeah, so then like, yeah, I I believe. I don't know. It says top here in the quote. Okay. I, I believe you. So it was in it around was a hill. To be. It was in and around around a hill somewhere. A hill. Okay. Because of the short notice, uh, with the change of location, the stage couldn't be managed. Uh, he also said, "We weren't working with scaffolding. We were working in an order, in an older fashion with parallels. You could probably have put another stage below it, but nobody had one." Hmm? I don't know. Let's just ignore that. Just don't have a um, <clears throat> Grace Slick, which is the lead singer and songwriter of Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, we love her. Um, she was quoted in a biography about her life saying, the vibes were bad. Something was very peculiar. Not particularly bad, just real peculiar. Pecu- <laughs> peculiar. It was kind of hazy. Was the sixties, right? Everything yeah, was. A this is hazy. a quote. I'm Everybody's sorry. smoking fart leaves. That's right. Right. And doing there. LSDs. Devil's lettuce. All the LSDs. Mm-hmm. Every single D's. one. <laughs> Multiple forty meter D's. <laughs> okay, can I start this quote over? I'm so sorry. Okay, the vibes were particularly bad. Something was very peculiar. <laughs> Let's start again. I want to just fucking go to bed. Okay. (laughs) The vibes were bad. (laughs) Sorry. The vibes were bad. Something was very peculiar. Not particularly bad, just real peculiar. It was that kind of hazy, abrasive, and unsure day. I had expected the loving vibes of Woodstock, but that wasn't coming at me. The whole... This was a whole different thing. So, yeah, Grace Slick said that. Um, Because the stage was so low, bottom of the hill, right? There you go. Okay. Because the stage was so low, um, excuse me, members of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club, led by the Oakland chapter, had uh, Ronnie, or Ronnie, Jesus fucking Christ. Because the stage was so low, members of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club, led by the Oakland chapter head Ralph Sonny Barger, uh, were asked to surround the stage to provide security. So I was going to do a brief history on the Hells Angels right here, but I think we all kind of know what's up with them. Like, you know, motorcycle gang. Uh, Club. Sorry, club. Uh, Maybe we'll cover them eventually. That'd be cool. Like the history of Hell's Angels. And also, I didn't feel like doing it, so I just didn't. What? No, No, we shouldn't do that? I think we'll pass on that one. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, good good call. Good call. Um, okay, so by some accounts, the Hells Angels were hired as security by the management of the Rolling Stones on the recommendation of the Grateful Dead and Jefferson Airplane. So they, Jefferson Airplane and Grateful Dead have both used the Angels for security at performances, and it went fine, like, without a hitch. So <laughs> they offered them, for payment, $500 worth of beer. <gasps> and they could just drink, like, while they were there. And they could just like hang out and drink wow. the beer, and so there was no like actual payment, so it seems. But again, this is this account is kind of like and he said, she said type of thing. So, um, this story has been denied by some of the parties who were directly involved, according to the road manager of the Rolling Stones, Sam Cutler. The only agreement there ever was. The angels would make sure that nobody tampered with the generators, but that was the extent of it. But there was, well, there was no way they're going to be like a police force or anything like that. That's all bollocks, is what he said. Um, the deal was made at a meeting. <laughs> the deal was made at a meeting, including uh, Cutler, Grateful Dead manager Rock Scully, and Pete Nell. Nothing funny about that name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A member of the Hells Angels uh, San Francisco chapter. According to Cutler, the arrangement was that the bands were supposed to share the $500 beer cost, but the person who uh, paid for it... Oh, shit. Sorry. I forgot I was still reading a quote. Uh, but the person who paid it was me. I never got back. I never got it back to this day. So, sucks for him, I guess. Um, Hell's Angel member Bill Sweet William uh, Fritch recalled this exchange he had with Cutler at a meeting prior to the concert in which Cutler asked them to provide security. And he said, <clears throat> this is Bill uh Fritch talking. We don't police things. We're not a security force. We go to concerts to enjoy ourselves and have fun. Mm-hmm. Well, what about helping? So the... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You I didn't put quotes putting around quotes this. in your stuff. I know quotes are good though, right? No, I should just stop. You didn't say any quotes. I said one. One quote. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So, basically, they asked him if he could give out directions and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, sure, we can do that, too. Whatever. No big deal. Basically, he's like, we like beer. So, um, in that documentary, Give Me Shelter, Sonny Barger states that the Hells Angels were not interested in uh, policing the event. The organizers told him the Angels would be required to do little more than sit on the edge of the stage, drink beer, and just make sure that, that no one was, like, killing anybody or, like, Sexually assaulting anyone or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and their presence alone, I'm sure, is enough to keep people straight. So, um, <clears throat> basically, they wanted the angels there because if anything happened, I mean, they could just take the stage because it was at the bottom of that hill. So, yeah. Stefan Ponick, uh, he hosted a December 7th, 1969 radio broadcast. Um, of a four-hour, quote, day after post-concert telephone call-in forum. And... That's cool. Right. So they gave it to the uh, people who released the Gimme Shelter uh, 
documentary. Document. Thank you. Documentary. So uh, they had it on there as well. Uh, we learned in the broadcast. What we learned in the broadcast was pretty much startling. So basically, these guys, the Hell's Angels, have been hired, which we know that, but have been hired to pay paid with beer. Oh my fucking god. <sighs> These guys, the Angels, have been hired and paid with $500 a beer on a truck with ice to essentially bring in the stones and keep people off the stage. That was the understanding and that was the deal. It seemed like there was not a lot of disagreement over that that seemed to emerge as a fact. But because it came or because it came because it became rather apparent that the stones didn't know what kind of people that they were dealing with is what he said. So, which I don't think I mean, I know they have a reputation, but I do think that they probably do help a lot of people out and provide security and do stuff like that. That the Hell's Angels, oh, I don't, or I don't know. or did. I'm sorry, talking in like well, it's didn't didn't you yesterday. just say that uh, they'd already done an yeah. event prior to? So I mean, they it's, already know what the expectations are. We're looking at the fact that we're not looking at these guys to police people. They're there to basically guard the stage. Right, it's like um, having a guard dog. It's just there to let people know, like, yeah, you know, don't fuck around. Fuck around, find out. Okay. Um, the Gimme Shelter DVD contains extensive excerpts from that broadcast. Um, a Hell's Angels member who identified himself as Pete. Um, he's in the San Francisco chapter. Probably Pete Nell would be my guess, but... Um, they offered us $500 worth of beer to go... I'm sorry I say that so fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> they offered us $500 worth of beer, b- beer. beer to go there and take care of the stage. We took the $500 worth of beer to do it. Sonny Barger, nice. who yeah, who also called into the, the forum, um, states, we were told by... One of the Hell's Angel, or we were told by one of the clubs, if we showed up down there and sat on the stage, we could drink beer. The Stones manager or somebody had bought it for us. All right. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I'm going really deep into this because it has to do with what we're going to talk about later. So, um... Barger also mentions, I ain't no cop. I ain't never going to pretend to be a cop. I didn't go there to police nothing, man. They told me I could sit on the stage, the edge of the stage so nobody would climb over me and I could drink beer until the show was over. And that's what I went there to do. A woman who called the program realized that she had seen at least five fist fights from her vantage point um, that the angels were involved in. Uh Yeah. Uh, she decided, or she also described a general uncaring attitude toward the people who clearly needed help. Um, there was a girl that was dragged across the stage by her hair. Another Whoa. who was on a bad acid trip and bystanders like were kicking her and walking all over her. Uh, she said she felt like having the angels as security was irresponsible or was an irresponsible move because we were all in terror of them. When she tried to speak about this at the concert, she was warned to be quiet by the people by the people around her for fear of being beaten. So, there's that. P also tells uh, host Ponick that the Angels were hired by Cutler because of some rowdy, anxious, onstage incidents during the Stones' Oakland and Miami concerts the week earlier. As security guards, Pete said... We ain't into that security. 
the owner of the Altamont Speedway, Mr. Carter, <laughs> had hired hundreds of um, professional plainclothes security guards, uh, more for the purpose of protecting his property rather than the safety and well-being of concert goers. So uh, political scientists and cultural critic James Miller believes that uh, the Hell's Angels had been invited the Hell's Angels had been invited to one of I, I'm trying not to say that many names. Okay, political science and cultural activist, cultural critic James Miller believes that since Ken Kesey had invited the Hell's Angels to one of his outdoor acid tests, the hippies had viewed the bikers unrealistically, um, idealizing them as noble savages and thus um, outlaw brothers of the counterculture. Miller also maintains that the Rolling Stones may have been misled by their experience with a British contingent of uh, self-described Hells Angels, a non-outlaw group of admirers of the American biker or of American biker gear who had provided non-violent security at a Freestones concert earlier that year in London. So um, Cutler does, however, denies have ever having any illusions about the true nature of the Californian Hell's Angels. He said, that's another cannard. I don't know those words. I'm not going to say that. Okay. So this is when shit we're going to talk about, like, the decline throughout the day. Okay. Like, when it starts to go downhill. So the first act literally. on. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Quite Literally. Um, Santana performed first, so it generally went smooth for Santana. No, you know. No pun? No pun intended? It went smooth for Santana? Accidental puns are my favorite. That's a great song. Um, Okay. So, anyway, everything was fine there, but over the course of the day, the mood of the crowd and the angels became like just progressively got more, you know, agitated and violent. Mm -hmm. So uh, they've been drinking their free beer all day, hanging out in front of the stage. Most of them were extremely drunk. Uh, The crowd had also became antagonistic and predictable, attacking each other, um, attacking each other and the angels and even the performers. Whoa. Yeah. Um, A Mick Jagger biographer, Anthony... Scaduto <laughs> in um so Mick Jagger Everybody's Lucifer is was the bio, was blah, 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 the biography what, yes what it was called the title that's the word I'm looking for um he wrote that the only time the crowd seemed to calm down to any degree was during a set by um the Flying Burrito Brothers <laughs> cool band name it's such a cool band name. It reminds me of uh, Canned Heat, like such a weird name, mm-hmm. but just like works because we just know them as that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the lead singer of the local San Francisco rock band Ace of Cups uh, was six months pregnant. She was hit in the head by an empty beer bottle thrown from the crowd and suffered a skull fracture. Yo. Yeah. Um, well, the Stones uh, paid for all of her like medical stuff, so that's cool. Stones. Um, the Angels proceeded to arm themselves with sawed-off pew... pew- <laughs> <laughs> pews. Sawed-off pew-pews. You're killing me here, McFly. You know this? Do you know what I'm trying to say? 
pool cues. <laughs> so it's not sawed off pubes? No, it's not. I didn't even go there. Oh, you guys were thinking pew pews like guns. I was thinking sawed off pews. Of course you were. Yeah, I was thinking pew pew. Okay. The angels proceeded to arm themselves with sawed-off pool cues and motorcycle chains to drive the crowd further back from the stage. Uh, the crowd, to- okay, the crowd toppled one of the angels' motorcycles. I'm assuming on accident. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So that's where they started to get really aggressive. Um, Marty Balin of Balin of Jefferson Airplane jumped off the stage to try and sort out the problem, only to be punched in the head and knocked unconscious. Woof. Yeah. And that was during their set. Uh, when the Jefferson Airplane guitarist Paul uh, Kantner sarcastically thanked the Angels for knocking the singer out, um, Bill uh, Frisk, I hate that name, Bill Fritz took uh, hold of the microphone and argued with him about it. Uh, the Grateful Dead had been scheduled to play between Crosby, Stills, and Nash and the Rolling Stones. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I don't know why I always forget about Young at the end. Every time. Well, I mean, it's okay because, and I know they were supposed to be there, but Young was, or yeah, he uh, he was there for so little, little. So I mean, and then the name keeps changing. So yeah, Crosby, Stills, and Nash was a lot around a lot longer than Crosby, Stills, yeah. Nash, and Young. Yeah, God bless Neil Neil Young. By the way, you know if you're listening, Neil, I'm a big fan. Oh, I'm sure he listens. <laughs> but you know, you never know. You're better on your own anyway. Yeah, I'm rocking in the free world. <laughs> so yeah, after that incident, that's when the Grateful Dead was like, "Meh, I don't think we're gonna play." So they they shut it down. Mm-hmm. So during the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young set. Uh, Stephen Stills was reported to be repeatedly stabbed in the leg by a stoned out, that's in the quotes, stoned out Hell's Angel with a sharpened bicycle spoke. Mm. Would you even have to sharpen that? I feel like you could stab somebody with a bicycle spoke. I would think so, but I would think also there would be no fucking repeating. I would be like... Fuck you, I'm gone. <laughs> right, yeah. I no, want to know no where offense. they got I don't all this care. stuff. Anybody, I don't care. I'm not saying just because of who who was doing the quote-unquote stabbing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if anybody stabs me while I'm on stage, I'm done for the night. One time right. is all it takes. I think after that, I think maybe everybody should have just went home yeah. at that point. Um, the Rolling Stones waited until sundown to perform. Uh, Stanley Booth stated that the part of the reason that the <laughs> stated that part of the reason for the delay was that Bill Wyman had missed the helicopter ride to the venue. When the Stones began their set, a tightly packed group of between four thousand and five thousand people were jammed to the very edge of the stage, and they were like trying to climb on top of it, basically. Whoa. So. Now we're going to talk about, we're going to get into Meredith Hunter. So this is the man who was murdered at, at the concert. Okay. Rolling Stones lead singer Mick Jagger, who had already been punched in the head by a concert goer within seconds of getting out of his helicopter, <sighs> was visibly intimidated by the unruly situation and urged everyone to, quote, just be cool down in the front there. Don't push around. 
So during, uh, he was playing Sympathy for the Devil, uh, and a fight erupted in the front, like right in front of the stage. Uh, This prompted the Stones to pause their set while the Angels restored order. So after a lengthy pause, another... And another appeal for calm, the band restarted the song and continued their set uh, with less incident until they started the song Under My Thumb. Great song. So at this point, some of the Hells Angels had gotten into a scuffle with Meredith Hunter. So he was 18 um, at the time. So he was trying to get on the stage with, like, other people, and then so they started fighting. One of the Hell's Angels grabbed Hunter's head and punched him and Mm -hmm. chased him back into the crowd. After a minute pause, Hunter returned to the stage while they were, uh, sorry. Hunter returned to the stage where, according to Gimme Shelter, the Gimme Shelter um, documentary producer, Porter Bibb, Hunter's girlfriend, Patty, found him, uh, found him and tearfully begged him to calm down and move farther back into the crowd with her. But he was pissed. So um, it was being irrational. And he was, quote, so high he could barely walk. I was just going to ask if he was on drugs. It have to be. There's no way that he's going to take a shot like that and then come back for more. Come back for it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rock Scully, who who could see the audience clearly from the top of a truck Rock Scully, who could see the audience clearly from the top of a truck by the stage, said of Hunter, I saw what he was looking at, that he was crazy. He was on drugs. (laughs) So sorry. I'm just going to read it. Try to read it flowy fast and not pause and try and think about it. Here we go. Yeah, don't think. I saw what he was... (laughs) I saw what he was looking at, that he was crazy, he was on drugs, and that he had murderous intent. There was no doubt in my mind that he intended to do horrible harm to Mick or somebody in the Rolling Stones or somebody on that stage. Jesus. Following his initial scuffle with the Angels as he tried to climb on stage, Hunter, as it seemed in concert footage, wearing, as seen in concert footage wearing a bright lime green suit, returned to the front of the crowd and drew a long-barreled twenty-two caliber revolver from his jacket. Whoa. Hell's I didn't ain't... see that coming. Nope. Missed that part. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wasn't expecting him to be aggressive either at first. Um, Hell's Angel Alan... Pas- I'm not even going to say Pistachio. his last name. Why? Why would I say his last name? Uh, started seeing Hunter draw the, drawing the revolver. He drew a knife from his belt and charged Hunter from the side. Um, you never bring a knife to a gunfight. Right. <laughs> but a sharpened pew, cool, pew, 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 Did you mean to mess it up? No. It's hard to say, isn't it? Sharpened pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Sharpened pool cue. It's still pool. Pool cute. There you go. Our <laughs> bike spoke. Bring one of those. Oh, man. Yeah, lots so of weapon choices. Yeah. Um, okay. So basically, he charged him from the side. He got the. Um, I think he might have done it kind of simultaneously, grabbed the gun out of his hand, and then he stabbed him, like in the side, <clears throat> killing him. Uh, the footage was shot by Eric. 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 Who, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Eric Ser- Serenin, 
who was on stage uh, taking pictures of the crowd. Um, and uh, uh, I'm so sorry, Jeremy. I'm so sorry. I think you should just leave it in, and this could we can call this the raw episode, right? So they know what you have to deal with. Yep. <laughs> just from Ashley, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The footage was shot by Eric Saarinen, who was on stage taking pictures of the crowd, and Baird Bryant, who climbed atop a bus. Eric was unaware of having caught the killing on film. This was discovered more than a week later when the raw footage was screened in New York offices um, by the Maisla's brothers. Mm -hmm. I don't like that name. In the film sequence lasting about two seconds, a two-meter opening in the crowd. Sorry. I copy and pasted this, obviously. um, Opening in the crowd (laughs) as it appears. uh, Leaving... Uh, ba- Bredhoft in the center. Hunter and ent- is that the Hell's Angel? I believe so. Yeah, I'm trying not to say their names. So Too yeah, late. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> Hunter enters the opening from the left. His hand rises towards the stage, and the silhouette of a revolver is clearly seen. Um. Pissarro is seen entering from the right. Nope, see, now Pissarro is... Yeah, the, Pistachio, the, the stabber. Yeah. Um, he enters from the right, Pistachio delivering stabs. two stabs with his nice... <laughs> this nice knife. Nice knife. <laughs> two he just stabs tickled him. <laughs> with his knife as he uh, pries Hunter's revolver and pushes him off screen. <clears throat> Pissarro was reported to have stabbed Hunter five times in the upper back, although only two stabs are visible in the footage. Witnesses also report Hunter was stomped by several Hell's Angels while he was on the ground. The gun was recovered and turned over to police. Hunter's autopsy confirmed that he was, uh, in fact, on methamphetamines when he Whoa. died. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, and Pissarro was arrested and tried for murder in the summer of 1971. He was acquitted after a jury reviewed the concert footage showing that he had the gun and all of that. So it was technically self-defense, but once you get past, like, two to three stab wounds, I think, you know. It becomes excessive force. Right, yeah. right. But, you know, adrenaline, He he still, I mean, stopped a shooter, basically. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, he got acquitted. Um, the Rolling Stones were aware, you know, that there was a scuffle happening, but they did not know that somebody had been stabbed. Um, but it soon became apparent that they could see something of what had happened because the band stopped playing mid song and Mick Jagger was heard calling into his microphone, quote, we've really got someone hurt here. Is there a doctor? So after a few minutes, the band began playing again, eventually completed their set. And Mick Jagger told uh, Mazeless they all agreed that if they abandoned the show at that point, that the crowd would have just went insane. And there probably would have been a lot more violence So, or like a riot. Um, In 2003, the Almeida 
County Sheriff's Office initiated a two-year investigation into the possibility of a second Hells Angels having taken part in the stabbing, but without in, but with insufficient evidence to support that, um, they reaffirmed that it was just Pissarro and boom, done, case closed. So, in the aftermath, the Altamont count, <laughs> the Altamont concert is often contrasted with the Woodstock Festival that took place just four months earlier. Uh, while Woodstock represented peace and love, Altamont came to be viewed um, as like the end of the hippie era. So, um, and the de facto conclusion of the late 60s in American youth culture. Um, rock music critic Robert Christgau wrote in 1972 that, quote, writers focus on Altamont not because it brought the end of an era, but because it provided such a complex metaphor for the way the era ended. Uh, writing for the New Yorker in 2015, Richard Brody argued what Ultima, <clears throat> that what Ultima ended was the idea that left to their own inclinations and stripped of trappings of the wider social order, the young people of the new generation will somehow spontaneously create higher, gentler, more loving grassroots order. What died at Ultima is that dream itself, basically. Um the film Gimme Shelter was criticized by Pauline Kale uh, and Vincent. No, nope, nope. The film Gimme Shelter was criticized by Pauline Kale, Vincent Canby, and other reviewers for portraying the Stones a little too sympathetically and for staging the concert for the sole reason that it could be filmed despite all the problems leading up to it. So basically, they rushed into it because they wanted it for this movie they were making. Um, Salon's Michael Sragow wrote in 2000, writing in 2000, said many of the critics took their cues from the Rolling Stones film, or sorry, took their cues from the Rolling Stones review, which heavily beamed the filmmakers of being part of like a staged event so that the Rolling Stones could profit off of making a concert film. Sargao pointed out numerous errors in the Rolling Stones coverage and added that the male... The Maisley's brothers did not make a major motion pictures in the, sorry, did not make major motion pictures in the traditional way, and instead, um, a variety of factors contributed to the tragedy. Rolling Stones Keith Richard Keith Richards was relatively, um, like, indifferent. He said basically that sorry, this is a quote. Basically, well handled. But lots of people were tired and few tired and few tempers got frayed. On the whole, a good concert. I was gonna say, is he stoned? But he obviously is. Oh, He's yeah. rolling stoned. <laughs> um so the Grateful Dead ended up writing several songs about it too, which is kinda cool. Um The Ultima Affair, this New Speedway Boogie and Manson's Children, I think. Wow. Yep. Um, Ultima inspired Blue Oyster Cult to write the song Transmania Con MC, MC meaning Motorcycle Club. 
Um, let's see. The incident is mentioned in The Cable Guy. What? Mm-hmm. And um, let's see. 2004 Australian electronic psych group Black Cab, who we all know and love. Oh, yeah. They're on the top of my Spotify list. <laughs> Uh, released their debut LP, Altamont Diary, which was a concept album based on the concert and its cultural fallout. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, there's a lot more, you know, mentions of it. It's obviously like a pop culture thing, but it's just something that, like, I had never heard of until I saw that documentary. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was, uh, I almost said cool. It's not cool. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so in 2008, a former FBI agent asserted that some of the members of Hell Angels had conspired to murder Mick Jagger in retribution for the Rolling Stones' lack of support following the concert and for the negative portrayal of the Angels in the Gimme Shelter film, which is kind of understandable because they made the Rolling Stones out like they didn't do anything wrong, you know, because it was about them, and that's, like, why they put the concert on and all that jazz. So um, the conspirators reportedly... What? There's no jazz music in this. Did I say jazz? <laughs> All that jazz. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. All that rock. All, All that rock. rock. Um, it says the conspirators reportedly used a boat to approach a residence where Mick Jagger was staying in New York, but the plot failed when the boat was nearly sunk by a storm. Uh, Mick Jagger's spokesperson has refused to comment on that specific matter. Um, in January of 2022, the Library of Congress shared a 30-minute clip of soundless footage shot from the stage at Altamont, and the library obtained the footage from um, the Prelinger archives. Hmm. And that's it. That's the most recent, like... I'm still kind of shocked only one person died. It Well, only one person was murdered. There were four deaths total. Oh, excuse me. Murdered. But you'd think there'd be more. Yeah. I, honestly, it's impressive that there were only four deaths, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. I think so. Uh, any uh, Anything to say about that shit show? Literally? <laughs> I, th- I think there's a lot of takeaways you can take away from from this particular thing for starters uh i don't know that it was a bad idea to bring in the angels to run a security blockade at the front of the at the front of the stage um normally uh you know bikers in clubs like that are relatively large gentlemen and have you know an an intimidation and you wouldn't Mm -hmm. think that they would that the crowd would be so aggressive towards them. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the takeaway is, is you know, if they're going to get paid $500 in beer, give them the $500 in beer after, after that job is done. Right. Yeah. You know, let's don't, don't, let's don't fuel alcohol into what is, and, and I don't care where you are, Woodstock, you know, uh, in all the festivals up until that, you start feeding alcohol and especially drugs from the 60s, you're going to fuel a fire that that you're not going to be able to extinguish. And I, by putting alcohol into that and, and 
you know, let them be there, do what they're there to do, and then give them the give them the mm-hmm. the five hundred dollars in beer. I think that was part of the motivation was that they could drink during right. the concert. And I, and, plus, and I understand the that. crowd. Everybody in the crowd's on drugs too, so that's just I mean, yeah. all angles. It was well, just and you terrible. said it with that with the one, with the kid that was murdered. I mean, he's he's totally out of his mind and high, and mm-hmm. he had to be because there's no reason for him to come back. Right, and pull out a gun. Yeah, like so. I'm I'm just not sure what was going through his head. But I just don't think it was a bad idea. I think they. I think they show uh, um, a sign of security. You know, we've got our friends yeah, here from, yeah. the, from the Hell's Angels. Just visually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know, and this may, you know, I may get backlash for this. I don't know that the Stones, you know, like you said, you know, they get up there to play, to play this show. I don't know that they really had a lot to do with all of that that happened. They play the yeah. show. They continue to play the show. Which is a wise choice because you've seen it falter even after that, where bands leave and and uh, I think Guns N' Roses is a prime example. I think they left. Uh, Axel Rose <laughs> actually left a show in the middle of it, and it just insane chaos. After right, that. it like what turns into cars, a riot. Yeah, cars burned in the parking lot. You know, mm-hmm. just and people getting hurt and and so on and so forth. So I mean, I don't know about the whole whether you know. I think they use it to their advantage. Mm-hmm. I think that they made themselves look even better after, after that fact. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's too much. And you know, if you don't have a well organized machine, right, then you're you're asking for this, and it, and it's no different. We we just keep repeating the same history over and mm-hmm. over again. Woodstock '99 is a prime example. I was going to bring what that up a too. Fucking shit show that thing was, you know. Not enough water, not enough bathrooms. The fucking porta johns that they had are overflowing into the Duh. into the, you know. The... I think a, a big part of the issue for that one as well was that it wasn't like a bunch of feel good bands and feel good music. It exactly. was like limp fucking biscuit. Yeah. Like that's gonna make people want to rage. Well, yeah, and limp biscuit like was a prime ex- is 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 the exact one that really started it. You know, Durst. You know, did and said things during. Their show, which incited the riots that started, and the burning of—I mean, they burnt the stage down. You, for Christ's sake, you know the, all the wood pi- uh, blockades that they had. All that stuff got ripped down and burned. Big piles of this shit on fire. I mean, we're not talking about little campfires, boys and girls. We're yeah. talking about raging fires, mm-hmm. riot fires. So I think that I think festivals have their place. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're going to put one on, you need to make sure that you goddamn good and well know what the fuck you're doing right well and i think that's why the rolling stones do bear a lot of the responsibility in my opinion because i do think that it was poor planning Mm -hmm. why don't you just hire a real security company you've had the date set for how long right refusing to move the date but jumping venues why didn't you already have a security company lined up a real security company you know well and as popular as they were and how much money they made. Right. Because it just made them look bad. I'm wondering if they... This is a stupid question. Do you think the Hells Angels brought their own weapons of... Why would you even go there? You know you can't say it. Pool cues and bike spokes. Or were those provided for them by... Or did they find them in the venue? I'm I'm sure they probably had them. It's not like they're carrying around a whole, you know, 
pool cue, it's probably that you cut it like off and then you sharpen it so it's like Oh, I was thinking they like park it over their knee and they sharpen it up against rocks at the venue. Where like, do you think they were playing pool at? I don't know. That's why I'm wondering. Did they have a pool table Did they bring them? Did they know? bring them? Were they provided for them? I'm sure they brought them. <laughs> Did they find them? Uh, the, the bicycle spoke though, they probably found or ripped off a bike. How do you no, because it said it was sharpened. Know, how do you know it was a bicycle? Did it actually state bicycle? It said bicycle. I made sure because I was thinking Motorcycle, motorcycle, but no, yeah, it stated bicycle specifically. Right so. Oh, they yeah. don't give a shit about bicycles. They're going to just pull that fucking Oh, apart. that's true, yeah. But I'm sure they've changed a lot of different spokes and different things over the years different on, their, on their bikes. Different for different folks. That's right. Well, didn't you know to join a motorcycle club, you have to learn how to ride a bike first? That's in the... Is that rule number one? Yeah, that you have to learn how to... Oh, you I start would. with a scooter, then you go to a bike, like with training wheels, then you go to a bike, then you go to a motorcycle. What is happening? What are you talking about right now? <laughs> I'm being fucking stupid and you guys are believing me. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, wait, a bicycle? What? I thought rule number one is you need to know how to ride a motorcycle. and I'd be You like, start oh, with okay. a bike, though. But, yeah. <laughs> Wow. You have to learn how to people. brandish a shank from a bike spoke. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's how you get your That's badge the final for exam. the club. You, Pete got his badge for the club on his motorcycle vest. That's how you, they get those, is by doing stuff like that. He was crafty enough. He figured out how to create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Look at that. So he got a patch for it, for his vest. And we're going to end that there. We don't wanna <laughs> mo- We don't want to mock too much. I'm not mocking. I'm being for real. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I feel that there's a little part of you oh. not being real. <laughs> how do you think they get their patches? It's just I, like the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts. That's how they get their patches. And on that note, catch. And on on that note, let's end this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pew pew patch. <laughs> Sharpen pew patch. <laughs> Uh, as a oh, disclaimer, okay. we at Murderers have no idea how you become a member of any particular motorcycle club, nor do we have any true knowledge. Or ill will. Or ill will. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I boy. just think they should implement that if they She's going to keep going. <laughs> implement what? Getting patches for their vests by doing, like, succeeding in different things i'm you know what i honestly think you're probably right no they probably buy their own patches it's like a like a vanity thing like i do my dad was a biker it's when you go to different like like harley davidson's in different areas or if you go to different like biker parties they have patches there they don't get patches for starting fires no but they should they should start implementing them like a girl scout boy scout thing i agree be like look at me i just got my broke off a beer bottle and he's done he said i to shank somebody badge it's, and it's just a little embroidered badge with a broken beer bottle wouldn't that be great this is my um what is that a malkov to- cocktail <laughs> maltov a, maltov cocktail badge Made those for the first time. I can teach you how you can earn yours, too. <laughs> I don't have words. And then this is my take a kid Christmas shopping. Go Christmas shopping with a Hell's Angel 
and it's Santa with a with a biker uh, beret on. Nice, a, yes. Yeah. Ride Santa riding a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I dig it. That's a good patch. That one's a good one. Uh, yeah, they do good things. Bike, bikers do good things. Bikers are good people. This is my first uh, my first poker run, and it's just like a hand of cards, a fan of cards. See, I'm fucking multi million dollar idea here, bikers. Hit me up. <laughs> Merge nerds at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. I can okay. design them. I got oh, a bajillion ideas. Bajillion. Bajillion. I'm going to interrupt. Uh, before we wrap things up, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the other members of the Golden Mojo Network of Podcasts. We have Golden Image Podcast. Woo. We have The Call Guys. Woo. We have the United States of Paranormal. Boo. <laughs> and last but not least, we have the Indiana Chiefs Fans Podcast. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to promo? Two of those are yours. Do you want to talk about them? They're all mine. <laughs> all of them are mine. I'm sorry. Jeremy hosts two of those. Three of them. them. Oh, shit, three. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but you can talk about it. I had to count in my head. I had to count in my head. Listen, hey, you know, come check us out. We're uh, Golden Image Podcast, of course, you know, does things so that we'll want you to go out and do the same things and enjoy. Give you an idea of what to expect when you go. Um, It's coming along nicely. Uh, We're having a lot of fun doing it. And Indiana Chiefs fans, you know, it's a little niche but uh, we are having a fucking blast doing it. (laughs) We I are, haven't even listened. I need to get on there and listen. We to that are one. having so much fun doing it. It's 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 for us. It's really entertaining. If you're not a major football fan, and you're definitely not a Chiefs fan, I don't know that it's going to be for you. But uh, we're hoping that we can connect with Chiefs fans, Kansas City Chiefs fans everywhere. Mm. We think it'd be great. Mm-hmm. We've already started getting emails and, and comments on our uh, YouTube, and Yay. so that's really 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 cool. So. Nice of, of Chiefs so, fans that reside in Indiana. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So that's pretty neat. I like it. Our numbers are not real. They're not real. They're not soaring. They're not huge. Well, you but just we started. Don't yeah, we don't care. We're having fun doing it. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and like you said, that's a niche. That's a tight it's, niche, it's right very, there. It's very niche. We talk about you know we did a twenty twenty two draft and we talk about the seven players that we drafted for an hour and twenty minutes. You know. <laughs> And it's it's great. We love it. And, you know, we're not experts by any shape or form, you know, and we we disclaimer throughout the thing. We are not experts. This is, you know, our opinion. We could be wrong. We're just here to have fun and talk about our favorite fans. Yep. So it's coming along. You can, you know, Gunner's doing a great job doing all the editing and stuff like that. Um, Let's see. uh, this week's episode uh, that's going to air, what is today? Today is the... 7th. Today's the 7th, so it's going to air on uh, the 9th, mm-hmm. August 9th. Uh, it's just me and Phil because Gunner and Lucas and Sid and Sarah were all down at Disney. And it was it was really fun because we were talking and, you know, just me and Phil were, were going and... Gunner just chimes in from poolside at Disney. And no shit. Yeah, it was it was great. So <laughs> that's so Gunner. If you get a chance, you can check he's out so that fun. YouTube video, and it's he's all just 
kicked back, relaxed. Looks like he'd gotten way too much sun and <laughs> sitting by the pool. So, yeah, it's check so us generous. out. Give us a listen. Tell us what you think. You know, even if you're not Chiefs fans, you know, we make fun of each other and have a good time just like uh, just like we'd like to do. So it's it's going to be a good, it's It's been fun so far. I've nice. been enjoying it. Nice. Um, but, yeah, those are the two majors that uh, that I host. But I also work with Alicia on the United States of Paranormal or as we like to call it, Tusop. Tusop. <laughs> you want to give Tusop a little shout out? Oh, yeah. Tusop is a podcast about all things spooky, creepy, paranormal we, each week. I mean, damn, we're finding cryptids in my yard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I saw it with my own two eyes. It was raining. Yeah, I remember it was a rain. It was rainy that day. It was day. A raining that day, yeah. <laughs> The light was good. You could really, the top of uh, the top of it was really black, right? And it was right. had a pointy head, yeah. <laughs> and then like a weird pointy arm, maybe yeah, or something, yeah. something like something almost like weird. a chicken wing arm, yeah. And it was just go- one though. Just it wasn't one. very fast either. Did you no, notice that? No, it was quite slow. It was very very slow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to know what we're talking about, with ghastly white legs, <laughs> ghastly white legs. <laughs> Uh, check out uh, Tusop's socials, and maybe you'll figure out what we're talking about. Yeah, so if you like spooky, creepy, it's we're, cu- we're hitting up that season soon. Oh, yeah, it's coming yes, quick. Yes, spooky, spooky season. Spooky, creepy season. Susan. That means we're coming <laughs> that into... That bitch is spooky. That means we're coming into Daltober. <gasps> oh, no. Are, are I you hate doing, dolls. Are you doing something special? Daltober and Daltober. Yep. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. That was great. Love ask ask Alicia what her story is. What's your story? Doll Island. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I forgot. Ask Jeremy what his is. Jeremy, what's yours? I don't <laughs> Not sure yet. I don't know. There's idea. some good options. I mean, you could do the obvious ones too, like the ones that have movies, like the Annabelle. And nope, the already little... taken by Logan. Oh, the what's the, the little marionette boy one? He's not a marionette. He's Harold uh, the doll. That yeah, the that one's supposed to be. What was the other one they're going to be doing on? Do you remember? Mm-mm. Okay, we need to discuss that this week since we're talking about it here on Murder Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> You should do the doll lady. The doll lady? Is that what it's officially called? Like I you can Google know. that? I don't know. I don't think that's a very helpful if statement. If I Google that, will that come will something come up? Maybe. Right on. So yeah, um, there you go. Two stop. And yeah, of course awesome. of course I got to spend a weekend with the call guys for the most part, hanging out with Gunner and Colton. Uh, Gunner made it back in time. Uh, from Disney to hang out at Jellystone, and Colton and his wife were out there, and uh, yeah, we had a blast. Good. Uh, you know, it's it's so great. Uh, so shout out to Colton. He brought me back a gift from his trip to Tennessee. Aww. It's a little moonshine uh, magnet, and it's got uh, squatch on it. And he's like, <gasps> "That's awesome!" Yeah, I'll nice. show it to you. yeah it's pretty awesome. So yeah, shout out to fun. Colton. Appreciate I appreciate that very much. And and I always enjoy my time with him and and his family. So. We had a blast uh, recording with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, was, awesome. that was so much fun. Yeah, I hope our listeners like that. Yeah. I, thought that uh, was, I thought it turned out really cool. They released it on Monday. We released it on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that was a really good episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you uh, would like to check out The Call Guys, uh, it's hosted by Gunnar and Colton. They discuss movies, TV shows, anything pop culture. Um, and yeah, check them out. Congratulations to them. They actually reached their 1,000 uh, views. Woo, yeah, nice. Yeah, so very, very happy for them. Yay. Um, links and social media for all of our podcasts can be found within our show notes and on all of our social media pages. Uh, go support our podcast network. Uh, the more support, the more we grow, the better we get for you. It's all for yes. you. Yes. With love. With love. Do you have anything you want to tell us? Do you have a case that you want probably Alicia to cover in the future? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can contact us at our email, murdnerds at gmail.com, or search for murdnerds on all uh, popular social media. Um, If you'd rather be anonymous, uh, located within our bios and all of our social media platforms is a Linktree account. You can click on and uh, find at the top, whoa, uh, hold on. In our bios on social media, is a link tree account that you can click on and find at the top a link to our survey page. It is completely anonymous, so while you're on our social media pages, you can also find photos, maps, um, and various information on each case that we cover. Uh, don't forget to whoa! Don't forget to subscribe to us anywhere you enjoy listening. Um, if you are an Apple podcast or a Spotify listener, please go in and rate and review the app. This is so easy and it's the best way to help support us uh, here at Murder Nerds. Plus, it's totally free. So it helps us move up in the charts, gets noticed by sponsors for ads and shit like that. Uh, if you'd like to help support the podcast monetarily, you can pledge a monthly donation of 99 cents. Four ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Uh, this helps us with equipment, merch, licensing, anything else we need to do to make murders possible. Uh, yeah, we don't do this to make money, so everything that we do comes out of our own pockets. Um, yeah, so if you can show your support by pledging a donation each month, or uh, even purchase some awesome merch that we have um, at our Murd merch shop. <laughs> Located within our social medias. Yay. It's over. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode of raw... Ramblings. (laughs) Raw ramblings. Raw ramblings. Romblins. Romblins. Um, Yeah. So anything else you guys want to add? I ain't got nothing. No, I'm good. Cool. So we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.